out there, welcome to the Tall Tree Recording Studios podcast. I'm Jeremy Williams, your host, and I interview really interesting musicians, songwriters, and other creative people who come to Tall Tree. Thanks for listening, really hope you enjoy it. Angus has become my best friend this week. He's called me like every day. Are you cool if we leave that in the mix? <laughs> Yeah, long as he doesn't mind. <laughs> Better not. Are we recording? We are. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> Hello out there. This is Jeremy Williams doing the Tall Tree Recording Studios podcast, and I've got the wonderful Kesho Rasta around here. And I'm oh, gonna, I'm you. gonna try not fine. to um, swear and and be too outrageous because a lot of people say I'm inappropriate. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Hello, everybody. So, Keshro, thanks for coming. Um, My pleasure. So, what do we want to? I, so, what do we want to talk about? Um, I've known you for about three years. Yeah, and, that's about right. Three years. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and I first sort of got to know you through a mutual friend. That was um, Sean, wasn't it? Yep. Sean. Sean Taylor. Good old, good old, <laughs> old mate, Sean. He's a lovely guy. <laughs> awesome guy. Um, and he'd mentioned you for quite a while, but um, I wasn't that keen because you uh, you were doing quite a different genre of music to me. Yeah. Um, so he was saying you're um, doing sort of rap and bebop and stuff like this. Yeah, I sort of get that a lot because, you know, that, that's the sort of stuff that I used to do in the past. So everyone sort of pigeonholes me into that <laughs> hip-hop, R&B kind of dance guy. Which you know, which I love, and I've been DJing for like fifteen to twenty years, so that's sort of another perception. But I love all sorts of music, you know. Like my dad listened to opera, classical, the wide range jazz, you know, blues, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I'm very open. I just love music. I'm a music lover first. So anyway, we um had a long, big chat, which was really fun. Um and. And I loved your passion and detail for music, which um, normally I bore the shit out of every <laughs> <laughs> everybody by pulling apart every single note. And I lose what few friends I have in the process, but you're one of the few people who I think actually went further than I did. <laughs> <laughs> what does that make us, OCD? <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Um, so I don't... Um, yeah, I, I find most people don't go to that level of detail. Like, do you? Is this something that, that yeah, sort I, of? Is this something that happened with time? Do you think, or or do you think this is just something that came came with you? You were born with. Or? I think it was. I think we all have something like that because um, my dad was a doctor and he was a surgeon, and you know, when where I come from, there's a lot of pressure put onto you as a child you know you're the doctor's son so you you got to become you know the best at your class so it's more like you know the pressure so when I was a kid I had to make sure I was number one in the class and make sure that I did everything as best as I could so but it comes from that but I I just have that passion anyway I want to give it all my best and give you know give it all because yeah you only live on this planet once and you want to you know if you're not going to do anything properly then just don't bother doing it you know so I, I try every single <laughs> trick you can think of and yeah. then more and then more on top of that. And then, you know, when it's all finished and I'm exhausted, then it's finished. <laughs> yeah, because 
Yeah, it's interesting the way you put it because you're talking about it as your dedication. But I find a lot of people don't really even think that way. Like it's not, it's just not, um, just not relevant. Like, you know, I remember we were talking about, you know, the bathroom reverb sounds and all these little details. And I, I just, I really enjoyed that. And I could hear the bathroom. Reverb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, well, j just little details of just plugins we're talking about. But, oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um, I kind of really enjoyed that and I could hear it. And if I like something, then, and I can, and as long as I notice it, then I'm really happy to go with it. Um, but I, I find, yeah, I find you're just a little bit different. Nutty? <laughs> no, no, like you, you're kind of wired a bit different. Like other people just wouldn't think about that as much. Yeah, well, everything, everything that you do affects the sound. So, you know, like if you get a pure sound and then you put anything on it, if it's going to affect it and the surroundings and the layers. So I go with instinct and feel. So if I put on something or and it just doesn't feel right, but, you know, you're told, oh, this is really good and, you know, I should buy this, blah, blah, blah. But you just got to trust your instincts because at the end of the day, you know, like the first thing that people hear and they use the instinct and then they use the intellect and then they end up wrecking things because, you know, it's <laughs> the way it goes. And it's funny because funny you say that because right now we're, we're pumping this through the PM2000, which is extremely exciting to me because technically speaking, according to the audio stuff, the Neve and V76 I've got should be better, I'm told. I'm told this by, um, oh, I don't know, different people in the industry, but yet when I've been tracking with this PM2000 lately, I've just been loving it. And that those experiments that we did were just, yeah, so such a beautiful experience. Yeah, well, I think um, people use their heart and soul the years to make, you know, instruments and, and equipment in the old days. You know, the computers were very expensive and very primitive. So you had to sit there and tweak it till it sounded good and felt good. So your desk is from that era where people would just tweak it and tweak it till it felt so good. And now we're just, you know, we're all dictated by numbers and computer algorithms, which is not, it's not human. We don't have digital ears we have analog ears so you know whatever feel the, the frequencies that enter ears and you know goes into our soul then if it feels good it's good if it's not then it's not good so that's the way I, that's the way i think and it's funny how the age of the parts like that's 1978 it's funny how that contributes to the warmth i, f I find that because i find that with my amplifier as well like i can't get a, a as nice sounding fender twin a, as my old 70s one it's just funny how something about those Something about the the audio passing through the parts over time, and the aging of those parts seems to make it sound better. It's really strange. Yeah, well, as I said, you know, these the people who made this were experimented for like years and tried different components and did, did all different experiments until it felt right. So it's not just overnight. It's it's like it's like you know years and years and years of sort of um, experimenting and you know trying different things until it felt good. But yeah, all, all the all the stuff I use is all pre eighties. I just felt that it feels right, you know. So it sounds like a record. So when you plug in your, your Neves and your DBX one sixties and all that kind of stuff, it just it's got that old sound that you love and you grew up with. And people think that crispy new sound is good, but it's only good for a little bit. You know, you, the ear gets tired quickly. Yeah, so yeah. So the middle part of the sound is more important. So that's that's where the the feel good factor is, and that's why. You know, I got into music in the first place because it felt good. And I think people have lost perspective of 
the the felt good factor that music used to give us. Yeah, it's really funny you should say that because I, I think we've talked about this, but um, so you you mastered so uh, to put everyone in the picture, um, Kestro is a mastering guy uh, mainly, and he does a little bit of production out of Tall Tree, um, but his main thing is mastering, and he as I said, he mastered my album, um, and he put it through a lot of warmth and overtape and this sort of thing, um, and it sounded didn't sound modern at all. Um, sounded very record-like in seventies, but I just really loved it. Fell in love with it, um, and so I really liked the fact that you went against the grain. But one of the interesting things I noticed was that when I listened to, it was kind of like there was no volume I could listen to on my album that was too loud because of the sweetness of it, like because of that final mastering. Um, and even when I compared it to stuff modern stuff that I really like it's kind of like the modern stuff sounded a bit too brittle and I know what you mean it's like um yeah after a while I had to turn down the volume like yeah. because it was too it gets fatiguing after yeah yeah and, and it's but it, even though it was stuff I liked musically like it just something about the the warmth of the tape or something just just makes you um it kind of sounds bendy it the notes kind of bend or something and it's yeah yeah well i, I have I, I use that um particular studer tape machine and it's got some sort of i don't know mojo or magic in it so I've, uh, every album that i've actually printed that, that that machine you could listen to it over and over and over so if i'm listening to an album in the car it'll just keep looping over and over and i could listen to it all day and you enjoy it without you know skipping tracks or you know switching to another cd so there's a you know they have they had 50 years of experimenting and getting that tape saturation and all that gear to make a sound musical rather than technical as we speak yeah so, yeah i've enjoyed i enjoyed mastering the album it was <laughs> i could feel it had a lot of emotion and a lot of hard work and yeah, yeah. you know the, to the this the, as they say the blood sweat and tears that you've gone into it and i wanted to extract that out of it so i, I try to get every ounce of detail and emotion and I'll try different equalizers, and I'll gang them up and do whatever I want, you know, to get every bit out of it. So then, you know, the the the, the listener is it gets a, an attachment to it, like a yeah, yeah. And and you do it quite intuitively, don't you? Like you just pick up. You don't necessarily have a script, do you? Because I've noticed that you master everything so different across my different clients. Yeah, yeah. Well, I sort of like listen for the weakest. It depends on the style, so. Um, you know, I, I go, well, what is this, a folk song or a dance song or whatever? Then I imagine myself, well, this is going to be played in a club. So therefore, because de- you know, I've been DJing for years, that you got to, you know, you got to like um, account for the crowd noises and the background noises and people are drunk. And when you get, when you get drunk, you actually your high frequency is dull on. So mm-hmm. then you don't hear as much. So you got to factor in that you got to add that extra treble and the extra loudness and the punch. So then, you know, the people are getting into it and they're feeling it and whereas the acoustic thing i I'll, I'll i'll approach it whereas you know people listening to it and they're enjoying it and they're at home and you know it makes it's a feel-good factor so you know you have to weigh in and, and then make it not as loud or make it more dynamic so then you know the the the, the bits that come in makes you excited so it, it's tough call because you know you you, you don't know if if the client's gonna like it or not, <laughs> you just do it and then hope for the best. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. And we had a few tussles over one song, which ended up being my favourite song. 
Yeah, yeah, there was um, so baiting issues. Wasn't there? <laughs> I don't know. No, no, the fading was another one. But yeah. Oh, okay. Track number seven. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so how, I've never asked you this, but how did your... I know you've been doing audio for a long time. Mm. Um, how did it begin for you? I think when I came to Australia, you know, when I was young and then, you know, it was like when I was in grade three, I used to go to my mates, um, you know, like, parties and it was like hide the lollies and we used to just play that but as the years progressed in high school all my friends that used to you know like close friends all of a sudden discovered alcohol <laughs> and everyone was like it wasn't fun anymore so everyone was like passed out and vomiting <laughs> in the trees so I was bored and I'm like hang on that's because you know I, I didn't get into it so mm. I was like oh well I'll bring some tapes from home and I'll play some tapes at these parties next minute everyone was dancing and having a good time it was fun so I became like everyone's DJ, so I started DJing and then Really? Yeah, and then I remember at school, um, the the high school disco there was year twelve, um, the whole all the prefixes actually had ganged up on the principal to get me to DJ because he was very hard headed. He wouldn't let anybody else touch the equipment besides this other guy. But I had I had eight hundred and ninety people turn up whereas the the previous dance it was a hundred people. Okay. So then I just got into DJing <laughs> and break dancing and you know, once you get into that lifestyle it just you know you just can't escape it and you just you just follow the path to you know to the end of your, or whatever it goes to i suppose and what was it you liked about djing um it, well i have very sensitive ears and when i go somewhere i want to hear the music that i like to play. <laughs> <laughs> so i like self-interest <laughs> so i um I, I said to myself well if i'm getting i love music so if i get to play what i like and everyone else is having a good time and i'm getting paid for it it's not a job it's just it's fun so it's you know I, it was it was just it was incredible to get you know thousands of people dancing and then you know having a good time and being happy you know yeah. i want to bring happiness to the people so and i i'm guessing knowing you 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 know you probably picked up intuitively you know what people were after you know like you could sense the vibe of the people and you could you could play you could adjust to what you thought they wanted well, the, the thing is, people don't realize, I, you know, like they've had a hard week and they're really edgy and they're stressed. So they'll come, go to a bar or a club or whatever and they're still angry and edgy. So you, as a job, as a DJ, you've got to unwind them and then take away all that negative energy. And then you've got to play happy, you know, like happy music, get them happy again and then change the whole mood. So it takes an hour or two to completely change the mood and then take them to the direction that you want to go and they're happy. But that's very draining, you know, as a... As a as a DJ, and people don't realize it, they just think you push some buttons and that's what you do. So, so why is it draining for you? Oh, because you, you're controlling everyone's energy. You know, you've got one person that's controlling the music and there's like a thousand people who are different and they're scattered energies and they're like, you know, that one's angry so and one's, you know, whatever, drunk. And then you got to, basically, when you're DJing and you've got a dance floor pack, everyone's taking the same breath as the BPM of the music and you're in control of everything. You're in control of them. And if you, you know, if you make one mistake, everyone will stop and look at you. So you're, you know, uh, you know, you, you've basically everyone's heartbeat is in sync with the music that you're playing. Okay. Just, yeah. So it takes a lot of attention. Very much. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, you have to, it, it's something that you learn when you DJ, you have to play one track after another and then 
or then after a while you just it's just become second nature you just know how to do it and you you got to go up and down up and down and then you, you know you get to that point where people are getting really tired and then you're like it's time to bring down the bpm and then go up again so it's like a big cycle yeah right so interesting yeah so that that's taught me a lot about music production and you know what people really like and what they're after and you know it basically everyone's everyone's likes music because it makes them feel good yeah and that's that's what i want to bring back to music because i think in the last couple of years it's gone it's all about technology which you know i was like that too but i've learned it's it's why i love music because it made me feel good and i want to yeah. go back to that feeling of feel good factor yeah i remember um mark Noffer, he often finishes with something quiet i mean not that people would say he's loud but um but he mentioned that about, you know, the way sort of controlling people's emotions a little bit, like sort of let, letting them down gently at the end. Like, so he often finishes something quiet to kind of let them down gently, which is a, not a very um, modern kind of rock thing to do, you know, like because usually it's all about sensation and up, up, up. Yeah. But but that's I remember him saying that... Um, you know, because he'd, he'd sometimes do, like he'd do a quiet version of Going Home or something. Mm. Um, yeah, so it kind of reminds me of the way you're talking. Yeah, he's a very interesting guy. He's very passionate. I've read some articles about him and he's he's he's, he's apparently got the best, you know, some of the best gear in the world <laughs> and he's got like everything real and, you know, legit. Yeah. He's got like the proper vintage reverbs, which are all the, you know, the Bacasti and all those reverb chambers are modelled after his actual yeah reverb you know well, it doesn't so. surprise me because i've always thought he's he's always had the beautiful tone yeah i think he's got one of the best tones in you know for that style of music he, yeah you know like he, he, yeah you can't beat it so so what would you so whereabouts do you feel like you're going with your music at the moment because i i know you've you've got a bit of a project of your own you're working on i mean so you're, you're mainly doing mastering and um and you're working on a side project of your own, is that right? I've been doing a lot of mastering, but I just find that a lot of people have learnt, you know, they've gone to Google, they watch mastering, so they're doing it themselves. So there's not as much mastering work, but um, from all that experience, I've learnt to come back to my mixing. So I'm doing a lot of recording and mixing. Yeah. Um, I'm doing like a love project, like a disco funk album, but at the same time, I'm doing some dance stuff, which you know, which is you know, which is current. Um, I'm just enjoying recording real instruments because I've pulled out my 16-inch, two-inch tape machine. I'm, you know, like I actually appreciate what that thing does, and I'm recording to that. So I'm going back to the old school, and I think there's a big resurgence of hip hop coming back in because of the NWA music. So I'm sort of like the old school, you know, hip hop guy is coming back. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people, uh, you know, interested in, in you know, they're res it's resurrecting their career in, in the hip hop world. Um, you know, they, they wanna, you know, have another go at it, I suppose, and to see if they can make it. So I've gone back to the, the, the 90s and 2000 production where I'm using MPC 3000 tape machines and mixing with all the outboard gear. And it's just amazing how it sounds. It's just, it feels good again. So. But you've got to balance it because you can't make it two that way and you still got to go forward. So it's a tricky, it's a tricky kind of um, mix. So it's something new for me. So it's, it's good to have, mix the old and the new together. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, 
a lot of the, the stuff you're talking about is quite technical, but I always notice I feel a lot better about music and about just life in general when I'm around you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I enjoy it, you know, it's, it's, it's a very peaceful studio. It's, it's got a good vibe. It's very musical, you know, and, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a good vibe all around. Yeah. And, and I guess that's, um, you know, you know, I'd mentioned that to Sean and I, and I was trying to work out why that was. And I, I, I suppose that's maybe partly your love of music. I, I think it's your authenticity as a person, but maybe partly your love of music would. Yeah, well, that's true. You know, I really do love music. I've yeah. spent every cent I had on, you know, and buying gear and music. I've bought thousands and millions of CDs and records and, you know, all my, everything that I've ever earned, I've put it back into music. So I guess you could say that. So um i think it's just it's inside of me because i think from my background my uncles and you know where i come from they're in a band my mother my mom my mother my, my mother sings my uncle was a famous singer where i come from so i think it's in my blood maybe i don't know and it's sort of you can't escape it once you're in the music industry it's just you know <laughs> you can't get out <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah you have the, the, that that feel good factor you, you want that again and again and again it's I know. addictive i know so, yeah, it's interesting because um, I don't know if you find this, but but working with clients like there's there's the technical aspect mm. about the music, but also uh, there's some sort of vibe that between you and the client that kind of is part of the music as well. Like you know, like kind of well, the way I hear it. So there's two things I could say. Like so, basically, when I'm hearing a client, it's sort of like. You know what's the feeling they're kind of in the music and who they are as a person and then that kind of dictates a little bit how i decisions i make mm. and and working with you i feel like the biggest benefit is i feel better <laughs> <laughs> hey I, that's what it's about Life yeah yeah short. no i i find i feel better uh when i hang like hang around you in an audio world um and so I, I don't think uh, it's a strange thing. So what I'm saying is that there seems to be this sort of underlying thing that's kind of goes beyond the technical thing. Is my I don't know if you experience this with your clients, but definitely, definitely. But, but I experience this with you, and I notice it a bit with other clients too. Yeah, well, I, I think it's because you know we're both positive and spiritual people, and uh, you know when you when you connect with another person that's spiritual and has got a positive you know outlook on life. You know, it, 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 it's like you find the other person, hey, you know, we're same. So you feel that good vibe between us. Yeah. But, um, and, you know, like you, you love this stuff. So, you know, like we sort of um, in, inspiring each other, you know, well, you say, oh, check this out. And I go check this <laughs> out. And, you yeah, know, yeah. It's, it's sort of like, uh, you know, all that shop talk sort of gets yeah. us all excited. And, yeah. you know, so I know what you mean. I, I sort of like, as you mature, I guess you, when clients come in, you, you you sort of like some of them are like they have no direction, and it's not their fault because it takes a long time for you to understand what you want. So to to not waste time, I try to you know like have an understanding of what direction they're going, or and some most of the time they don't have an idea because you know they don't. It's not not many people that get educated, you know, in in that aspect because you know like w where we are in, in sort of in Brisbane, it's not very. Sort of like I, I suppose not very art driven. It's very mainly sports. 
Yeah, yeah. It's a very sporting kind of nation. So, whereas, you know, my friends in LA at the moment, he's like, wow, everyone's at another level. Everyone, you know, they, they, they're really, really good at what they do. And they try every day. They get up in the morning and they practice. And it's like a completely different, different like, um, level, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Did you bring any music today? Um, <laughs> I got some, but we'll have to upload it when we have a... Yeah, get... is there anything you want to say about that music before we... Um, well, um, basically, I just bought what I've just finished last week, so the latest thing. Um, it's just a, it's a local rapper, his name is MC Mooks, and it's an acoustic thing, so it's, it's very simple. It's just got a, you know, a drum beat, basic drum machine beat, acoustic guitar, and, and this um, other vocalist did the chorus and he did the rap. So I was pretty happy with the way it came out. I do like it. Oh, that's good. To answer your question. Um, so, great vocal sound, I thought. Yeah, um, he's got a really good vo vocal sound. Yeah, um, so pretty modern and stuff. Did you do the drum loops and all that sort of thing? Um, yeah, the, the drum pattern was already established. So, I programmed that on the MPC 3000, which is from 1996 something, and I've still got the floppies, so I have to load it with the floppies. Yeah, yeah. But that went... The whole project went to tape, so even all the vocals and that and that lead that chorus vocal has got hardly anything on. It's just the the vocal chain going on the tape, um, just a bit of reverb and that's it, really. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. No, it's nice. Um, yeah, yeah. Main main thing I noticed. Yeah, very modern sounding. Um, really nice vocal vocal sound. I thought really open. Uh, so what mic were you using there? Um, that's my. Um, Beloved C, um, Sony C800G, which is, you know, the 
R&B kind of pop, you know, US artists kind of like microphone to be like yeah. everyone from, you know, Dr. Dre to whatever, but it's got one of those. So, did, did, did he record the acoustic there as well? Yeah, yeah, I recorded the same mic that apparently that microphone is, is good for vocals and, and guitar, acoustic guitar. Yeah, and you said it was cheap, cheaper acoustic guitar, is that right? Yeah, it wasn't the best. Like, he had to get it fixed because, you yeah. know, the, the, um, the, the week before we recorded it, it was always tapping noise, and then we found that the pickup was loose inside. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't but anything you major. Used a couple of mics in front of it? Just one. Oh, okay. Just so one. it's just a vocal mic? It's, it's one mic, yeah, vocal mic double tracked. So he did it twice, left and right, and then I added some you know, some bit of even tie chorusing and I actually that delay on the on the vocals is one of those old eighties uh Ibanez analogue pedals. So I tried all my delays and <laughs> ended up using a two hundred dollar. <laughs> it just sounded like real delay, like old yeah, school Clint yeah, Eastwood yeah. kind of delay. <laughs> Clint Eastwood. <laughs> okay, cool. Um so anyway, thanks for coming along. Oh it's been it's been awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know talking about yourself is not your thing, but it was. Um, it's nice to ask you questions to nail you down sometimes, anyway, because some of this stuff I wanted to ask anyway. Yeah, well, I like to I like to educate and help people, and and I like to learn from people too. So, you know, like um, you know, the 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 more I like to you know show people things and then ask them, you know, what do you think and if, how I can improve things. So yeah, well, yeah. I, I always like the fact that no matter how detailed and nuanced um, some idea I've got. I always I always find you a great reference to, you know, if I'm chasing a certain tone, I know that I won't get an I don't know from you, <laughs> which is great. Um, and so I know you'll have the patience for my detail, but also <laughs> you'll, you'll probably have the knowledge. Um, well, I want to thank well. you too, because, you know, when you came in, you sort of, from your acoustic side and your, you know, the, the tone that you have, you sort of like brought me back to the old way of recording because, you know, I started off with acoustic and all that kind of stuff. Then I went to the electronic side and then you know coming to your studio and and you know learning from here you know you brought me back to you know the roots of how like you know raw sound comes from and how to get it and you know so it's been really good it's a good journey yeah i've noticed you've you've swung back that way a bit in the last year yeah well i just thought that you know like everyone's just copying one another and it's all yeah. everyone's got a computer program and and they're just doing everything and i'm just sick of it there's no Nothing's nurturing me, so yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, and your music's very nurturing. You know, it's very raw and very, it's 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 the real deal. That you know, you it's, it's raw expression. So yeah, that's what I like about it, and that's what, who I am. I like, I like everything. You know, I like to have the the whole spectrum, the rawness, the the the, the you know the clarity, the openness, the whole thing. Now, if people want to check you out, like your you come under the name of K Raster Studios, is that right? Yeah, yeah, K Raster Studios. Um, dot com. So you um, went, your website's K. Oh uh, well, basically um, that website is is going to be taken down. But most you can find me on Facebook. So just K. Ruster yeah, videos yeah. on Facebook. That's okay. the that's the better one because I'm I'm actually in the process of upgrading it all and changing it all. But I find that not many people go to websites. They usually check you on Facebook, and you know, like everyone's yeah. like always on Facebook. So. <laughs> That's the way to, you know, everyone's, yeah. I've always had people find me through Facebook word of mouth, you know? Yeah, I know, yeah. So, yeah, I've only been on there a couple of years myself, so. Yeah, well, I only, you know, it's, it's, it's I find it fun, it's entertaining. I have a lot of funny friends who post stuff, so <laughs> I, I, it, it, 
you know, sort of lights up my day and, you know, like makes me laugh and, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and, and I hear new music and new things. So yeah, it's, true, it's fun, true. but I don't, I'm not, I'm not the type of guy that, you know, writes a lot of stuff. I just like to share things and yeah, yeah. learn. But I think that, you know, I think just if you make something really good, it'll speak for itself. You don't have to say a word. Mm. The music will speak for itself and everyone will want it. And that's, that's what I'm, that's the direction I'm going for. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, I think that that's what really excites me about doing music with you. That we're both just uh, just do it for the love of it. Yeah, well, and, and it's kind of like there's nothing to lose after that. Yeah, well, I started experimenting. You know, like I was trying to follow this style and that style, but you know, I keep hearing all the big artists and the, the ones that are that I admire. They all say if you stay true to yeah. the music and loyal, it'll it'll look after you. And yeah, it's funny how it's always that way, isn't it? Yeah, and you just got to be patient because everyone mm. gets impatient and then they. And it keep changing and stuff. And people say that across all art forms, don't they? Like they always say that, yeah. be true to yourself, yeah. And they also say that the longer it takes for you to get there, the longer you'll stay up there. So if, you, if your career's overnight, you'll come back down. Mm. So I remember uh, um, Kenny Rogers said that, you know, they asked him how come, you know, why are you still popular? Because he said it took him a long time to get up there and then you stay there for like another 20 years and then, you know, you come down. So, and, and a lot of my friends have had one hit wonders and that, they're yeah. very talented, but you know you've got to be able to repeat that hit. You've yeah. got to be you got to be so knowledgeable and have that, you know, the formula. So then, if you make a hit, you can make another one, another one, not mm. just you know, just. And fluke Kenny it. Kenny Rogers is pretty pretty interesting too. I mean, like he's got a lot of those pretty stark kind of, you know, he's got the story lyrics of country, mm. but you know, some of them are pretty stark and you know interesting stories like if you listen to lucille and like these different songs like it's um yeah it's it's a uh, quite an interesting story not i wouldn't say it's typical country what you'd hear today where it's a lot more predictable i i think he had uh he's probably a lot more original yeah i think those guys in those days you, you know they're they're unique and they had a unique tone so when you hear one word from his mouth you, you know it's him mm. and that's what they're that's the that's the that's what we've lost. We've lost originality. And that's mm. why I like your music because, you know, when you hear Jeremy, you know it's Jeremy. So yeah. you just got to stick to it and, you know, you, you know, the whole world hear you. So that's what I, I, I like, what I like about you because you are totally yourself and you're original. Mm. Thank you. Mm. Okay. Well, um, so, yeah, so thanks for coming. Oh, in. it's been fun. Um, is there anything else you'd like to uh, leave our audience with? I think you just got to, um, you know, like make music for the right reason. And that's, you know, like do it because you love it, not because you want to whatever. Yeah. yeah, authenticity. You got to be true to yourself. And that's what it really is. You know, like you, if you're not, if you don't do it for that, then and everyone's got a reason for it. But, you know, like for me, that's what, that's how I am. I, yeah. I, I, I love music that makes me feel good. It's positive and uplifting and yeah. feel good factor. So I guess everyone's different. So, I'm just speaking from myself. So mm. anyone that you know that, that feels that way, then just stay, just stay strong and, and positive, and don't give up. <laughs> Thanks for listening, folks. This is a Tall Tree Recording Studios podcast. Have a great day.